Hello and welcome to the Rambling Runner podcast. I'm your host, Matt Chittam, and this is the podcast for all the dedicated amateur runners out there who are working hard to get better while balancing running with the rest of their lives. And today's show is brought to you by C3 Fit High Performance Sportswear. C3 Fit tights enhance your performance and your recovery. They're thin and lightweight, and their tights provide a high level of comfort that you almost forget they're even on. Plus, you never have to pull them up while you're on a run. I've got a pair of their graduated compression tights, and let me tell you, they're definitely high quality. The fabric is one of a kind. It's very soft to the touch, but it's still functional. Also, we got a little giveaway alert going on here. C3 Fit will be giving away a pair of their compression tights and their art support socks. I love these socks. Side, you know, side, side note here, I absolutely love these socks. Just head over to my Instagram. It's at rambling underscore runner. That's rambling underscore runner for details on how to enter. I'll be posting that giveaway on Thursday afternoon. C3Fit, that's C, the number three, then fit. Go to their website at c3fit.com to learn more. And today's guest on the show is none other than Maurice Lohman, the Marathon Panda himself. Maurice is a return guest to the show. I talked to him a couple months ago, and it was definitely an insightful conversation. We spoke a lot about his history, uh, overcoming addiction, getting started in running, and the uh, very, uh, very long almost insane run streak that he's been on. We're approaching the three-year mark of his run streak, which is absolutely tremendous. Uh, We touched a little bit on his background in this episode. Say the first 20 minutes or so, we talked a little bit about his background, touched a lot on the sobriety piece, uh, dove into um, basically a little bit of um, just his advice on how people can help those who might be uh, you know working through or trying to trying to get to sobriety and try to try to be a sober person uh, if they're tr- if they're struggling with addiction we touched on that a little bit uh, and then we dove into his boss and marathon experience uh, and then after that we touched on what's what's up next for uh for the marathon panda and as always he brought the energy he brought the excitement he of course he brought the positivity he's mr positivity if you ever follow him on instagram and i definitely advise that you do so uh maurice the marathon panda also he's big on the ig stories he loves it and uh he just kind of has like a, a running diary so to speak uh of his running of his day and it's definitely worth the watch worth the listen and i hope you like this episode with maurice loman Hello, Maurice, and welcome back to the Rambling Runner podcast. What's up? What's up? It's Marathon Panda Maurice in live effect in the building. I appreciate you having me. It's my pleasure. Well, now, now I can now I can just call you a friend. We've, we've connected a bunch over the past six months, and it's uh, it's been a pleasure. Last time we spoke to you, I was in a midtown. Manhattan hotel room with shoddy cell service. I was just like, I was just happy to get the, uh, get that podcast out there. So I appreciate you joining me this time around. Don't, and, uh, it, sorry to interrupt. Don't forget. We ran a half marathon together, brother. Oh, of course. That was exactly where I was heading. We, we, <laughs> okay, we did, that was, that was the longest run I'd done in two years when we ran that together <laughs> in, the, in the ice and snow of, uh, of the, of the, uh, the East Bay of, uh, yes. of Rhode Island. Well, I'm I'm glad that I was part of your long run of the last two years. That's incredible. That was great. That was that was a fun time. That was one of those runs where, like, because I don't run with people very often, if ever, it's like Same that ex- that experience you get. You're like, wow, this thing is going so quickly. Like, I couldn't believe how quickly it went. Um, thankfully, because 
I didn't bring any nutrition, and your water froze. It did freeze the, the whole, <laughs> <laughs> the whole, the whole mouth tube of the Camelback froze. Other than that, that's that's the only time a Camelback has failed is a couple of cold weather uh, attempts. Yeah, so basically, you were just carrying a weighted vest. It was just a bag <laughs> yeah, of ice. Yeah, but you're right, and I, I'm the same way. I, I very. I have one buddy, if you notice, on the on the social media that I'll run with maybe a few times a month. And other than that, it's very seldom that you see me running with somebody else. But w- you and I, we made a very enjoyable run out of it. It literally, we were at mile eight, and I couldn't believe it. I thought we ran a 5K, and we were, we were already eight miles in. I love it. See, you're, you're a man of the people. You're, you're, you're very social. So why, for you, do you not run with, uh, run with folks very often? Maybe because of the the opportunity, the schedule, things like that. Um, I love the racing aspect of it. Don't get me wrong. Whenever, whether it's a small um, hometown race or a big event, I love the the racing community. But when it comes to just an everyday run, I, I do prefer to go solo. Um, there's a new group in Providence, the PVD project that I'm I'm dying to to get together with. So that will be um, that will be something new and exciting. But to answer yeah. your question more directly, um, I do get a little selfish, and I do tend to like to go solo. I'm still a music guy, so I do like the headphones, um, whether it's you know music or a podcast. Um, I do prefer that on a run. Um, conversation is great, but I think it might be just Maurice being a little bit selfish. That's why I, I choose to run solo. <laughs> that might sound bad, but... <laughs> well, you have, to save, you have to save your energy. You're always so energetic. You got you to gotta save it, I guess. Well, we... Uh... The other thing, too, is that when you run with other people, so you have that trade-off where it's so, it, it can be so enjoyable to talk to folks, but unless they're like perfectly aligned with you as a runner in your schedule, you know, usually one of the people in the group is probably running a little quicker than they want to, and someone might be running a little slower than they want to, so it's hard to like perfectly align sometimes when you have one or two people joining you. I never want to slow anybody down. Um... And I would never want to struggle to have to keep up. So like, like I said, with, with lack, with um, trying not to sound too selfish, I really look forward to the daily run as a solo thing. Um, it's kind of like me time, you know? There you go. Well, speaking of me time, see, a lot of people who are listening to this might not have heard the first episode we did a few months back. So we're going to go, go back in time a little bit here, do a quick little introduction for you. What, what is the run streak day for you today? And what is the sober streak day for you? Run streak day, 852. Sober day, you're putting me on the spot here. I'm lucky I just posted it. It should be 1146 because it was just 1145. Um, So 1,146 days sober. And let's see if I'm able to check this. And run streak day, 852. Those are all outside miles. And I'm glad that there might be some first-time listeners. I get, I get a second chance to make a first impression because I'm always worried about how I came across on that first podcast. Um, I've already touched on the fact that I'm selfish. I talked a lot about myself <laughs> and in my Instagram, I think I was very one track minded when it came to um, the Instagram platform. So, um, but I'm, I'm pretty, pretty happy with the run streak. I'm grateful to be injury free. And I'll tell you what I've been influenced and inspired daily by folks that I find and follow on the, on Instagram. That's my number one platform that I use every day for uh, um, connected to my running, but I'm just, I'm blown away. There's guys that have 
10K streaks where they've never ran less than a 10K in a day, um, and their streaks blow mine out of the water. So um, I'm doing it. I like to say this. I've said it before. I do it for the guys and the girls that have been doing it longer, faster, stronger, those kind of things. I'm just, I'm just trying to hang with the cool kids. <laughs> there you go. I, I interviewed one guy. His name was Bo, and he has like a 40-year streak going. Really? Yeah. Unfortunately, it was like one of the first podcasts I did. So like the audio got completely messed up and I wasn't able to put it out. It was only the only part of the recording that actually took was my side. This was really early on and it was such a good conversation. This guy had run like 40 years straight. It was this insane record. Um, but so the roll run streak thing for me is it's, it's amazing because I don't even run seven days straight. My body is just one of those bodies that like, it just needs, it just needs its rest. So like the sober streak day is also a fascinating thing. And, and, bef- and we're not going to dive too much into that today. If you want to, if people want to touch on that, um, I feel like they, all- could, they could be, they could do the first episode. We touched a lot on that the first Correct. time around. Um, but there's one topic I did want to discuss with you because you are very open about that part of your life. You always have been. Which I think for a lot of people who have undergone similar circumstances or who know people who are dealing with similar circumstances, it's like they, you can be like a touchstone for a lot of those people. So when you have somebody that you know, either in person or digitally, who falls off the wagon, so to speak, what, what's, what, how do you approach that as someone who's, who's dealt with that same experience but you know, wants to be supportive in your own way? One of the first things I always say um, is that, like, I'm not an expert. I always try to, you know, um, I I never want to come across as being like an arrogant know-it-all, but I do have experience in relapsing. That's part of recovery. I'm always super supportive, super positive, and the fact that they're honest enough to share it. um, if If you're true and honest enough with yourself to say, hey, guess what, everybody that follows me, guess what, all my friends and family on Facebook, um... I started drinking again. You know, if you can do that, then, or I I picked up a drug last night and I got high last night and I've been clean for three years and I, and I threw it all away. If you can do that, then you've already won the hardest part of the battle because you're kind of asking for help. You're asking for somebody to to reach out and say, Hey Maurice, what can I do? Um, You know, I'm here. Give me a call. Let's go grab a coffee. Um, Are you thinking about going to a meeting? Things like that. Um, I do want to go to the gym. So anything like that, I'm usually just, a positive cheerleader, um, whether it's verbally, whether it's over the phone, whether it's over social media, whether it's willing, um, offering to get together with that person um, for coffee or something like that. But it's always a huge round of applause for, hey, you did the first step. You admitted that you screwed up. You admitted that it's time to, to straighten back out again. Um, or if they haven't taken that, if it's just someone that's like, hey, I'm actively using, I don't know what to do. Um, same thing. I try to be super positive, you know, let's focus on something, um, that's going to take you away from that, whether it's your kids, whether it's your wife, whether it's your job, whether it's your fitness, whatever it was or whatever it needs to be to get you away from, you know, the drugs or the alcohol. And I'll touch on it quickly. When I say sobriety, um, my number one problem was not alcohol. My number one problem was cocaine and crack cocaine. And I'm very, very transparent about that. Um, cause I want people to know that if they ever have anybody facing those types of problems, that there's always hope. Because I was one of the people that was very far gone. So to be at this point in my life where I'm recording a live podcast and getting invited to a charity group to run the Boston Marathon and things like that, it's just an, I'm daily, 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 I need to check myself and say, Maurice, 
You need to be grateful and humble. Stop wanting, you know, I put myself first. It's always about Maurice, 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 Maurice. And I just really need to keep things in perspective. Um, the running community, folks like you that are generous with your support, that reach out to me to do something like this. Um, it's, I would have never been this, this far in my journey, um, you know, if I was still using. So just wanted to touch on that quick. No, absolutely. And I think for a lot of people who want to be, you know, of help to loved ones or friends who are going through those circumstances, but say who haven't gone through it themselves, right? Like, so say, so let's use me as an example, right? Like say I knew someone who relapsed because I don't have personal experience with that. It can be tough for me to like relate to them from an apples to apples perspective. So it's one of those things where like you want to be, you want to be a force for good in their life, but sometimes it can be hard to know where's the line between being supportive and maybe being too pushy or, or, you know um, what I mean? Do all of those things. Well, let me, if, and, and stop me if I, if I go off um, for too long, but just to kind of give you an example. And once again, I always like to throw that disclaimer out there. I'm not trying to sound like, you know, arrogant or a know-it-all, but to just to kind of give you an example, we know somebody right now that that's facing, um, an issue and you have to be just straight up blunt and real with them. They're not going to want to hear it. So basically she thinks that everybody is out together. She thinks that um, we're all wrong. We're all over worrying. um, And she has it all under control. I can relate. I was actively using crack cocaine, alcohol, and marijuana on a daily basis. And I had a job at a, at a bar. I had money coming in. I was doing my own thing. I had friends and family reaching out to me saying, Maurice, your life is a mess. You need to straighten out. You need to do something. And it just, you couldn't tell me anything because in my mind, I was so lost in the addiction. I thought I had it all figured out. I had a little bit of money coming in. I had clean clothes and a place to stay. And, you know, it, the things... I had the drugs and the alcohol on a daily basis. I was never robbing and stealing and begging. So I didn't think I was that. Do you know know what I'm trying to say? So this person, I I can relate. So in their mind, they have a little bit of money coming in. They still have their kids in their life. They still have, you know, um, a boyfriend and a a roof over their head. So nothing's really going wrong. So everybody's an enabler. Right now in that situation, the boyfriends and and I stop me if I'm going off on 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 too much here, but you have to if it's a if it's a desperate situation of addiction and you're trying to help somebody, you have to stop the enablement. I mean, my parents enabled me for years when I used to beg them for money and and lie to them that it was for rent or something and it was really for drugs, you know. Um, But then then there was that that. that cutoff point where my mom and dad were like, no more money, no more coming home, no more bailing your butt out of jail. Um, not because they didn't love me, but because they knew if they kept doing it, I, w- I would never learn. I had to hit that wake up in jail, wake up without anybody to call, wake up without somewhere to go. Um, I had to hit that to really realize it. And people that don't hit it, if you still have a roof over your head and you still have people that pay your phone bill or and, and things like that, if... I'm just trying to paint a picture here. It's really, really tough. And if you're trying to reach somebody that's just drinking way too much, my, my best advice is, and, and I'm not an expert, I just, you have to be straight up real with them and, and, and just tell them. And sometimes it's, I'm trying, to, I'm trying to make a point here. 
if you care about them, sit down with them face to face and say, listen, I care about you. I know you don't want to hear it. I know you're going to think I'm crazy. You have an alcohol problem. You have a drug problem. What can we do? What do you, what do you want to be the next step? And, and I don't know. I mean, it, I don't know if that's the best advice or not, but you have to confront it and you have to be like straight up with them. Um, tell them that you love them. You, you care for them. It, you're not judging them and things like that. And, and it doesn't always have good results. We've been trying right now. Um, we've been actively trying to be, um, talk to one of our friends and it's, it's not going well. Yeah. And, and one thing that you've been able to do is you've been able to kind of double down on your positives. This is one thing that we talked a lot about when we were running, um, just how your career now and how you basically took the positives that you have as, you know, your gift for gab, your personability, you know, once you set your mind to something, you can become very, very dedicated to it. So are those qualities that you kind of that you purposely double down on, um, you know, once you try to start this new part of your life? Or is that something that you kind of just evolved into from a, from a work perspective? I, um, I would say a combination of both. I mean, I'm just like every day. Like, so let me just and not not pat myself on the back or anything, but to, to bring something up. Someone reached out to me today, just after lunchtime, so literally hours ago, and was like, Maurice, I'm in a really dark place right now. I watch your videos every morning. I love how you're always positive, and it's helping me through this dark place. I might even start jogging to cope with this, this feeling that I'm having. So this person's not even a runner. They're a friend, you know, um, and they reached out to me. It just really, really means a lot to me that people are really feeding it, that I can, that the positive vibes are reaching people because that's what I want to do. I used to be one of those people that you didn't want to hang out with that. Um, the people that I hung out with weren't doing anything, weren't going anywhere, um, things like that. So now that I'm around like the people of the light, I like to call it, it's just, I'm taking it and I'm running with it. I want to just continue to be that guy that's always happy, always grateful, always thankful, always positive. There's absolutely nothing, nothing that can ever get me um, negative. You have to look at the brightness of everything. I've, I've seen, I've seen so much darkness. It's so, it's, it would be crazy for me to wake up and be in a bad mood. Like my, my positivity is real. Like, do you know what I mean? I, I... Yeah, for sure. And now, and for you, because this is something that I think a lot of people um, work on or, you know, try to improve their life on is, is trying to be a more positive, optimistic person, not Pollyanna about it, not saying like, you know, like, hey, if you smash your car into a brick wall, be like, hey, it's still positive. There's a silver lining here. Like some things just suck. But so like but um, beyond that, beyond that, like trying to stay positive, have you found that doing it day in and day out that it gets easier over time? Like, is it a habit that builds up or is it the same oh, amount of energy every day? It's a, it's a habit. So I wake up and, it, and not to ever sound like cliche or anything, you just have to be very super grateful for all the small things. Like not to be sound like I'm super spiritual or anything, but you wake up, be grateful that you're alive, that you have another day, that you have the opportunity to, to get better, to beat yesterday. Everybody has problems. No matter what type of, level you're on in your life and your career no matter what's going on people have issues whether it's bills whether it's death in the family whether it's sickness in the family um you know we have a very close family friend of ours that 
their their young son is battling cancer. So I mean, imagine waking up with that every day, and and you have to be positive. You have to be grateful for what you have, and and never focus on what you don't have. And because and and my girlfriend and I used to have this conversation. I would never give her a hard time for not being as positive as me because it's easier for me to be super positive because I've been without everything. So I've woken up without food, without my own room. You know what I mean? Like, so I've, yeah. so when you, when you've had nothing and now you're back and you're putting everything back in place and things are going great and your career is going good. So for example, when I got laid off, it, it not even for a second was I ever going to not be that guy that's passing out high fives and positive vibes. I would be silly. I would be silly to throw away all of that positivity and everything just because I got laid off. Um, don't get me wrong. I was bitter and I was a little upset for a little while, but I, I stayed, I tried to stay mature about it as, as much as I could and let the bitterness go away after a little while. Um, you know, and made a real professional classy post and everything and, and just, stayed positive about it and other opportunities opened up. Um, I'm a huge believer in what you, what you give out is what you're going to get. And whether it's, you know, people talk about throwing positivity into the universe and what you get back and other people that are, um, you know, it, whether what, what, no matter what your faith is, what your belief is that that's not what I'm on here to talk about, but I, I do believe that um, it starts with the second you wake up. You, you you have the decision to be super super happy. Be grateful for everything that you have. Don't don't touch on don't don't think about what you don't have. My bills are late all the time. You know what I mean. There's times where you know we can't you can't always have everything that you want. Things are stressful. You know what I mean. My parents are getting older, but I'm grateful that they're still around. And you know what I mean, and that they're able to see me on this great journey instead of you know worrying about where I'm going to end up the next day or the next month and things like that. So I love you know it. There, there's I love a lot it. going on. There, there, I have a son that I that I've recently reached out to that I haven't seen in years. That's something I haven't always shared with people. Um, but instead of waking up tomorrow and, and beating myself up and calling myself a deadbeat dad and and, and that kind of stuff, I stay positive and I believe that if I keep on then the doors are going to open one day. So, but, and I could beat myself up about a lot of things, a lot of things, you know, so all the things that I don't yeah. have. Yeah. But you know what I mean? I have an, I have other things going on. My other son loves, loves, loves me, loves that I'm clean and sober. He's about to graduate college. Um, so there's so many things to be grateful for. Um, my sobriety, the, the biggest, because I used to wake up in a really bad place all the time. And now I'm just the opposite of that. That's a good point. And you bring up a dichotomy there that I think is important to understand. We're talking about positivity is that there's the idea of being positive or negative towards external factors and situations and people. And then also the internal vibe, because those are both equally important. But sometimes when people talk about positivity, the general inclination is to think about the outside. Right. Like, how am I reacting to my kids or how am I reacting to my spouse or girlfriend or my job? But just as important, as you just mentioned, it's easy to harken back on our mistakes, whether that's, you know, even if they are, even if they literally were things that we shouldn't have done. You know what I mean? And, you know, and, and really kind of beat yourself up about it. So I appreciate you sharing that. Um, speaking of things to be easily negative about, 
you just ran the 2018 Boston Marathon in the worst conditions in marathon history. <laughs> so I'm, I'm glad we, I'm glad we switched to that subject. So I used to um, let me say this. First of all, I've been dying to say this. I am absolutely just humbled and blown away by the performances of the athletes, the elites, the above average runners, the BQers, um, I like to call them. Congrats to all the BQers out there um, and the ones that are chasing that BQ. I was invited with the charity group. My BQ is a 310. Next year, it changes to a 315. My PR is a 359. So I always like to throw my numbers out there. I'm proud of my numbers, but at the same time, I am humbled by those that BQ and that, and that do qualify for that uh, magical race. It's nothing short of magical. That is an easy, easy way to stay positive about the thing. I wouldn't have cared if it was a blizzard because guess what? It makes for really cool race photos. It made for the coolest <laughs> experience. I was not on that list of people that did not finish, thank God. I was not on that list of people that dropped out. I was not on that list of, um, of people that decided not to show up. So it part of it, I did do a lot of it. I know I'm going a little all over the place right here, but I grew up in Rhode Island and Massachusetts. So I would never, ever, ever complain about the rain. I mean, it's just part of it. And you're not going to call out on race day. The race falls in April. There's a really good chance it's going to rain. Did it rain hotter and longer than any other day ever? I think so. Um, But (laughs) I mean, it just, it was the Boston marathon and there was nothing that was going to take away from the excitement. I was mentally and physically prepared. I missed my goal by 21 minutes. I'm not going to blame it on the weather. Um, I'm happy with the performance because I ran a smart race for the first time um, ever out of 23 marathons. Um, Quickly, just to kind of touch on somebody else before I keep going on myself all the time. I met a woman who was a 25-year Boston Marathon line volunteer. She came into the... um, to the cycle bar studio to ride with us. And she, well, I know we're going to touch on that maybe before the episode's over, but that's just incredible. She's been volunteering at the Boston marathon finish line for 25 years. She was there the year of the bombing um, and everything. And she said it was the worst year ever. She was out there for a total of, I think close to 11 hours with that when everything was said and done, but she loves it. And she's going to be back out there next year. When you were running that course on marathon Monday, Yes, the crowd was smaller than usual, but there was still hundreds, if not thousands of people that were just out there because of the runners. And that, and I, that was my vibe. That was my vibe all morning. There were people that had down faces. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm not the only happy, positive, high five guy out there or, or, or gal out there. There's other people that get just as pumped up and just as excited. One guy came into Athletes Village and he was louder than I've ever been. And he was, ho- <laughs> he was hooting and hollering. And I had to go up to him and give him the double high five because that's the type of attitude you have to have. It's the Boston friggin' marathon. You can't complain because it's going to be a rainstorm. So it was hashtag no treadmills in Boston. It was you can't call out on race day and you better stop checking the forecast because we're running 26.2 miles, whether it's raining, whether it's snowing, or whether it's 85 and sunny. Yes, it would have been a little bit more pleasurable if it was gorgeous and sunny. But it was the Boston Marathon, so it just eclipses anything else. The whole experience, the city is shut down, the volunteers, the crowd support, the elite runners, 
the everybody from around the world. I mean, there was a guy I'm, I sat next to on the bus that was talking about his training in Asia in 92 degree heat and humidity and his body had to adjust. And it just, it puts things in perspective. I'm just a guy from Rhode Island who got invited with the charity group who can barely run, who's only one of one sub four marathon. Um, and I'm, and I'm hanging out with these, you know, athletes, 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 athletes that are just incredible. Um, shout out to my homie run the six who said, he was just so happy to meet me. He ran a 318. He was disappointed with the 318. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, homie, yo, you are incredible. And he's like, oh, my God, I'm so happy to meet you. It's Marathon Panda. And there was so many people. Like, I spent, you know, the Friday up there with my boy running Chip and, and all that stuff. And it, it was just um, my coach and her boyfriend both smashed their times and BQ'd again. Um, so shout out to, to Laurie and Paul. Yeah, Lori, Lori Michener, another another railing runner. Uh, yes, flat Lori, coach. She's the best. I got nothing but love and respect for her because she's fast and she's wise. There you go. And she puts up with me, and I'm I'm kind of selfish and stubborn. Oh please, well, <laughs> oh please. Well, I'll tell you what. You you mentioned earlier that hey, it's the Boston Marathon, and while it might be more pleasurable if it was nice outside, you gotta love it. You gotta love the uh, the race itself, and you know, that's that's the that's the most important thing. But let me ask you a question. While it might have been more pleasurable during the run if the weather was nicer, do you think the finish line feeling? becomes elevated when you have to battle those conditions so this was my i've been waiting and thank you so much matt for having me on here thank you for supporting my um my fundraising campaign with your generous donation i think you kickstarted it actually this year um so thank you so much for that that was awesome 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 you you were the (laughs) biggest you were the the biggest donor all right so i want to put you on blast you were the the biggest donor so thank you so much (laughs) i was just i was just bribing you to come back on the show maurice oh well it it works so um so my game plan and and once again thank you so much to to coach flat laurie and and paul because they they guided me they gave me some uh, a 16-week training plan and all that great stuff it the boss this boston marathon marathon number 23 was the first marathon that I ever executed a 16-week training plan for. All my other marathons, I literally just showed up and ran. Um, my first marathon ever, I had never ran more than 16 miles. All of my other ones, I was just, you know, doing my thing, going out and running any distance, any whatever I could squeeze in. I never had a plan. Now I run with purpose. Um, I do the hill repeats. I do the 800s. I do the 1600s. Whatever the plan calls for, I do. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm growing and I'm maturing and learning as a runner. So to get back to Boston, when I got to the start line, the game plan was to run a smart, conservative first half, if not all the way up to 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, which I've never done in a marathon, by the way. Okay, I have stories where Cape Cod Marathon, I'm hooting and hollering the whole 13 miles. I'm feeling great. I'm running a 140-something half marathon. Well, guess what? Mile 14 comes and I'm gassed. The I'm same gassed. thing, it's, the same thing happened to me at the Cape Cod Marathon. I'm, <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, you gotta be kidding. I gotta do this entire course again. I'm literally not even at 13.7. Like, I'm, I'm like, I'm not even at the 14 sign yet and I'm gassed. And I'm like, Maurice, what did you do? And, and so with Boston, not only had I trained, not only was I more, a little bit more mature. I had a really good, the best, uh, at my first ever coaching experience with Laurie, and she was on me, and she was like, listen, you can't be 
Mr. Panda, Mr. High Fives all the whole time and swerve. And not only will you be adding to your time, you'll be wasting energy and, and all that. And people tell me that before. All my girlfriend, my mom, they tell me, you know, maybe you should stop hooting and hollering in the beginning and save some energy for the end. Um, but that's part of me being me. So I dialed it back tremendously, ran a 205. I told you I was slow and in the back of the pack. I ran a 205 half marathon at Boston. Um, and I felt awesome. Mile 14, 15, 16. Now, I always struggle at the marathon distance between 18 and 23, if not earlier. Um, it's just always a struggle. I always slow down. I always go negative split. Um, this was a negative split race for me. I mean, not negative. This was a positive split for me. So I always go positive. Please let me correct that. I always go positive split. Haven't mastered the negative split yet. Um, so but, you, so you're, you're, you're positive all the time, even in your yeah, Even in my splits, right? So, <laughs> <laughs> but we're supposed to go, we're supposed to go negative. We, Lori and I joked about that, you know, um, the positive needs to stay with the vibes and the negative need to be. The <laughs> there you go. One, one of, somebody I follow on Instagram is positive vibes, negative splits. So shout out to them. I've been following them from the beginning. Um, but. Is that, so is I, that Maria? Maria I believe so. Yeah. Yes. yes, of course. Shout yep. out to Maria. I know she always listens. Positive vibes, negative splits. I've been following for a long time. Um, ran a 205 half and my game, it was pouring, man. I didn't start till 1130 AM. So let's back up. Athletes village. Literally it was a mud pile, but everybody that was, they gave us a heads up. They gave you the emails. They, you, you were reading on social media, bring extra shoes to the start, donate your clothes, bring extra clothes. I had on a throwaway, you know, Old Navy hoodie, some polo sport track pants. I was ready to rock. I had some old Nike structures ready to donate. And I had brand new, some special weapons in the Ziploc bag, some Zoom flies um, in the Ziploc bag. And I was being cool, calm, and collective. I was eating bagels and drinking coffee in Athletes Village, talking to the cops, talking to the runners, high-fiving everybody, but very calm and collected. And I felt confident i felt cool i was like maurice you're not one of these fast guys you ain't got nothing to worry about about getting you know you're not trying to qualify for the olympics um so i didn't have to worry about anything like that i was just really cool calm and collected not to sound like cliche but that was my game plan and i was going to stick with it um there was some other people you could literally tell that they were very down about the weather but I was going around saying, it's the Boston Marathon. Everybody that's here is here because of us, okay? The announcers, the volunteers, the spectators, the people that didn't go to work, everybody is here because of us. Like, we're it. We're the show. So you have to be in a good mood. Like, why wouldn't you be just nothing but excited to be? And I'm not, please don't take it the wrong way. I'm, I'm, everybody was excited. Everybody has their own little their own vibes on race day and i please don't let me come across the wrong way but that's what i was saying to keep me pumped up and to keep me positive i was like why wouldn't you be happy it's the boston marathon so let me take that back a little bit i was kind of talking to myself to stay in that mind um in that mind state it's the boston marathon you better be in a good mood yeah well, I, I can relate to that because i know i know my mindset before a race frankly of any length you know, I, I mostly run 5Ks now, and I've run marathons in the past, only two, but I, I have run them. And I'm the same way at every starting line. That is to say, I'm nervous, I'm anxious, and I feel like I'm about to crap my pants. And that's how I feel, <laughs> and I'm sure it's written all over my face. So while I have points in a race where I feel 
jubilant, excited, extremely positive, all those emotions. When I'm at the starting line or getting ready, I am like, I'm ready to puke up my breakfast. I get so anxious. So I would, I can imagine what that, what that starting line must have looked like. So it would, Athletes Village was all, it was all muddy. And you, 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 you're, you're very, very hard on yourself, Matt. That's why I'm, I'm more laid back on myself than I think you are. Um, and you're, and you're, and you're literally like a rocket when you, you're running a 5k in like, I don't know less than 19 minutes or something oh, crazy. Not that so, fast. all right that's less than 20 <laughs> but so i mean that's well <laughs> you got you, you, your stomach's definitely doing more tricks than mine's doing um but i there were people there that you could tell were a little upset about the weather obviously it wasn't ideal race conditions but people the experience Everybody had the plastic wrapped around them, the emergency ponchos. I'm so glad I made a few extra stops the night before. I think CVS and Rite Aid were sold out of emergency ponchos or, or the other way around. Rite Aid and Walgreens, I grabbed one at CVS um, for four bucks or six bucks or something. Best six dollars I've ever spent. Had the sneakers in the Ziploc bag, get to Athletes Village, wait for the last minute, put on the dry socks. Shout out to Brooks Running and the running event on Friday night. Best $17.99 I've ever spent on a pair of socks. Um, Put the socks and the sneakers on. Okay. Felt great. Put the emergency poncho on. Get to the start line. My feet were already wet. I had just stepped in the big mud puddle. Um, <laughs> so a lot of people had already were getting, and I, and I don't want to assume and say anything negative about other people I, that, that I don't know, but you could kind of sense it. There were people that were letting the weather get to them. The fact that their feet were wet. Mm -hmm. Yes, that is not ideal. You have to run 26.2 miles in soaked feet. It's not ideal. I talked to a guy, shout out Steve from the PVD project. He said his buddies were going to be having dry shoes and socks for him uh, strategically along the course. Very smart idea. Um, he finished. He did awesome. Um, so before I get off track, it was a mess. It was a mess. Folks had plastic bags wrapped around their feet. Folks had extra gear on. Um, and I'll tell you what, when we get to it, I didn't know what all the ponchos on the ground were until after. I didn't, I didn't get that. It took me a few, a little while to figure that out. But I'll tell you what, they were slippery, and I almost busted my butt. Um, quite <laughs> so there's, there's a video of me, like, literally trying to, like, jump over one. But my, to get back to where, where we were at, my mind state, my, my mindset for the race was, Maurice, you ran – 13 miles with Matt in the cold with the frozen camelback with nobody cheering you on. Do you know what I mean? Like there was no finish line. There was no cool pictures. There was no marathon photo guys, you know, strategically placed along the course so you can jump up and down for them. Um, so you no, it was just, it was just us. It was just us falling on our ass on the ice. I busted my butt. Um, <laughs> very, I busted my butt once and you picked me up. And then another time we both came pretty close. Yeah. <laughs> It was super dangerous that day, but we got it done. Um, so my mindset was to just be cool. like, it was tough. I'm not going to lie. It was really, really, really tough. There was times where the rain was so hard, it was hurting your face. The headwinds weren't. So when you, when you felt like you could pick up momentum, the headwinds were pushing you back, but not for nothing. I, I am going to be honest when I got home that day and I, I missed my goal. And then I started seeing all these people that PR'd and BQ'd and all this stuff. And I said, well, why couldn't I do that in the bad weather? But I'm not going to compare myself to others. That's, you know, that's the thief of joy is, you know, comparison. So I'm not going to do that. Um, I was happy with the fact that at miles 16, 17, and 18, 
I could not turn it up. So I wasn't happy with the fact that I couldn't turn up the heat. I was happy with the fact that I didn't crash, that I didn't struggle, that I didn't like have to take a walk break. I didn't like cramp up. I didn't slow down like super significantly. Yes, I, I, yes, I was adding some positive splits and yes, my minutes got, I think in the high tens, um, for some of those later miles, I think I was way up in the high tens, which is not pretty. Um, but honestly, I mean, to be positive at that point of a marathon, mile 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, I've never felt that good mentally um, before. So I'm very confident and, and happy with what I can do moving forward. I think Boston is going to be a huge building block for me um, as far as the, the marathon distance. It was a huge stage. I wish I PR'd. You know, I'm not going to lie. There was some disappointment. I know I disappointed my coach a little bit and myself. Um, but I missed my goal, but that's why they're goals. You know, I gotta, I'm, I'm chasing it right now. I have a few more days before I lace up for Providence. I think it's realistic that I can that I can hit my goal or come very, very close to it. Well, no, let's not say or. Let's say I'm going to smash my goal um, because it's going to be great. And it's not going to be like hurricane conditions. There you go. All right, we're going to take a quick break. Thank you. Fit, they're sponsoring this episode. I'm a huge fan of C3 Fit. Frankly, they're the best socks that I own in C3 Fit. Maurice was just mentioning the importance of socks during his race. Actually, Maurice, you're a C3 Fit. Oh, you, you just stole my line. I use that line on social media. Best socks ever. And I'm not kidding. I've been, I've been blessed. Blessed beyond hashtags, I like to say. I'm grateful. I've had numerous opportunities to, to collaborate with some really, really cool um, companies. C3 Fit was one of the first companies to reach out to me with the collaboration opportunity. Um, I did a giveaway a while back um, where someone got the calf sleeves. I have a pair of the calf sleeves. I've ran half marathons in them. I ran a 10 miler in them. I absolutely love them. I would never say those kind of things on my, on my social media or on a podcast if I didn't believe it. I say, Hashtag Panda tested, hashtag Panda approved. So C3 Fit is one of those brands that I do wear, I do love. I wish I had seven pairs of their socks. I think I'm down to two or three. Uh, Come yeah, on, so C3 Panda Fit. needs socks. Come on, C3 Panda Fit. Needs Hook socks. up the Panda. You got me paying eighteen dollars for <laughs> Brooks socks over here. <laughs> there you go. Well, well, C3 Fit. Thank you for hooking up this episode. Also, you just mentioned the giveaway. Maurice, um, the day that this episode comes out, uh, I'm going to be doing a giveaway as well for C3 Fit for compression pants and compression socks. So you can go to my Insta page, check the details on that. It's similar to most giveaways you'll see. Exciting. Um, but Exciting. you heard it here first. If, if you don't believe me, believe Maurice. C3 Fit. That's right. It's C3 um, Fit. All right. And they're in Runner's World. Come on. There you go. There you go. See? They got it all. Um, all right. Before we dive into the Promise Marathon that's coming up shortly, um, I do want to touch on, on just the, the finish line feeling. With a marathon, it's well known that when you get to that finish line feeling, and I don't know for someone like yourself, with you've had you know, almost two dozen marathons under your belt, but does it feel differently going through just the crazy conditions to finish through? So it, is, is, the, is, is the finish line feeling elevated when you have that kind of experience? Can you hear me okay? Is everything clear? Yeah, perfect, I hear you great. Because you're yeah. just breaking up a little bit. Um, so, yeah, and it was elevated. It was a huge sense of accomplishment. Like, yes, you did it in these badass conditions. Excuse my language. Um, 
the fact that and I just the fact that somebody was there to hand me that medal and they had been standing there longer than I had been running that thought instantly went through my mind because that's what was keeping me going. I had to keep telling myself that this was way bigger than me. It wasn't about whether I was going to hit, you know, 355. I did know, um, I didn't look at my Garmin a lot at the end. I didn't know my B goal when I knew I wasn't going to hit the 355. I was like, I'm going to do 405. Okay. I said, thought that was very realistic. I kind of felt that slipping away. I said, I'm going to do 410. Um, when I saw the clock at 416, I knew it was pretty precise. Um, I wasn't disappointed. And, and, and to answer your question directly, yes, it was an elevated feeling. Um, I, I don't know if it was a great, it, yes, it was a greater sense of accomplishment than last year. Um, because of, because of the weather, um, I was just so hot and my, my girlfriend was waiting at the finish. I had did the dry clothes drop off, um, I was very, very cold and very, very uncomfortable and and hungry and and cold and all shaky and all that stuff. But the high, it it's it's greater. It was greater because it's very easy to get, you know, a little caught up in some of the discomfort. Once again, the king of positivity is not going to get caught up in discomfort at the finish line of the Boston Marathon. He's going to be glad that his girlfriend is there with a warm hug. Um, there was another gentleman there that's, that was happy to see me. And I'm, I feel so bad. I can't think of his, his handle to give him a shout out. Um, running, running man do, I believe, but he was right at the finish line. And, um, and he was like, Panda, I'm so happy to see you. And that, and that just like made my day. Um, and the volunteers, they really, really, it's like, the person giving me the medal, I wish I knew their name and phone number because it was like that. It, it, it is an elevated experience. It's unlike anything else um, that I've ever experienced. And not to take away from, you know, the people that are BQing, the people that were there in the bombing, um, the survivors, all of that stuff. I mean, I know that it's much, oh, much yeah, bigger yeah. Than, than Maurice Marathon Panda crossing that line. So, and, I, and that's why I'm, yeah, so, it, that's why I'm yeah. so grateful for it. Yeah, and it's not even about that. It's more of like, all right, you compare this, like this finish line feeling to like, hey, when you finish, you know, say the Providence Marathon on, you know, a 55 degree sunny day, it's obviously a great feeling, but I think it's a different level of challenge, I guess. Um, with that said, did you already sign up for the Providence Marathon before the Boston Marathon or did you, was this kind of a reaction to maybe a little disappointment and you wanted to get a little revenge on, uh, on your PR? Oh, for Providence? Well, you know me. I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. not trying to stop. But Providence will be 24. I'm just trying to keep on going. I'm trying to be one of those guys that they say, <laughs> here's Maurice, marathon number 100. Um, maybe, maybe by then I'll finally be consistently under four hours. But uh, um, <laughs> yes, I, I had, I'm a late register. Okay, I'm I'm always a late register. Um, I just registered for um for Providence the other day. Shout out Road Races RI for giving me the discount code because I saved twenty bucks at the last minute, which is awesome. Um, so I was going to sign up regardless whether I hit my PR or not. So yes, I'm wicked excited. Um, that and shout out Shock G Marcus. He's going to be his first marathon ever at, at the Providence Marathon, and I'm going to be part of it. Yeah, is that so right? He's done. He's done them on the treadmill in his sleep and when for lunch and for breakfast and for dinner, he does them all the time, but he's never done an official one. So I'm excited to be there. Um, 
Aaron's going to be there. A lot of friends, Miguel, a lot of friends are going to be there, and I'm really excited. Paul and Laurie are going to be there. Um, wicked excited. My girlfriend will be there cheering me on. Um, 26 miles. I feel like I'm ready to get better at this distance, and this is going to be my chance to prove it. I'm hungry. I'm hungry. I'm hungry for that 26.2 finish line. I'm hungry for that 355. I'm hungry to prove that I've learned and grown in this friggin' running game. Um, 416, I ran a 416 marathon on April 16th, 2018. The only cool thing about that is the son that I haven't seen in years that I brought up earlier. Um, his name's Malik and his birthday is April 16th. So his birthday, his ba- his birthday oh. was April 16th. I ran the Boston Marathon in April 16th, and I finished in an official time of 4.16. So if you're somebody that likes numbers, how about them numbers? That's what I like to say. And here's, a, here's some high fives and positive vibes for anybody that's listening to my rambling ass right now because I got nothing but love um, for anybody that tunes into my videos, to my, to my Instagram, to this podcast. People that reach out to me and say they love it, keep doing it. I feed off of it. I'm so grateful to actually be looked at as a motivator, as an influencer. Thank you, C3Fit. Thank you, all my other um, folks that collaborate with me. Boom, 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 boom. I love it. Boom. See, see, you should have had a child born on January 30th. Then you'd be like running a marathon <laughs> in like one hour, 30 minutes. You would have been, you'd have been breaking too. You would have your own documentary. You'd be in that national icon. You'd be, you'd be, you'd have been perfect. Um, so one one aspect I think is a little different from the last time we spoke person or on the podcast was what you're doing uh, with cycle bar. It seems like you're doing a little cross training now. So um, hopefully you can hear me good because your, your voice was breaking up a little bit. The cycle bar. Um, so I got Sorry, I, no, no problem at all. And, and, and I'm just I'm super excited to be on here. I'm kicking up the volume a notch. I'm kicking up the excitement a notch because people that listen to me, I'm blessed. I'm grateful. Thank you for listening. I'm wicked excited that I have this opportunity to speak. So love y'all. Uh, big hugs and all that good stuff. Yes, I um, was laid off from the home security company. I actually sought out the opportunity at the Cycle Bar. Um, I'm interviewing currently for, for a sales position. Obviously, a full-time career is important as well. Um, so I'm interviewing right now for a sales position. I'm really excited about that. But to keep me busy, in the meantime, this opportunity at Cycle Bar Providence grand opening was like uh, – 14 days ago, 12 days ago. The mayor was there tonight. Um, we had a VIP um, visit from Mayor Jorge Alorza of Providence. So that was super cool. I'll be putting up a bunch of pictures, all that good stuff. Um, I sought out the opportunity thinking that it would be the next step in my fitness journey. I have triathlete dreams. Um, I want to be the Iron Panda one day, not just the Marathon Panda. Um, and I already looked it up. Somebody did it. I think they had some big crazy statue in Japan or something, and there was a movie or something. I don't know. I don't know the details of it. But Iron, the word Iron Panda has been used before. I don't know if I can copyright it or trademark it, but I'd like to be called the Iron Panda one day. We'll see about that. Um, it, would re- it would require me completing an Iron Man. Get it? So to get there, I need to stop biking and swimming. Um, I got the running part. I think I got that part figured out. So my idea was, hey, why don't I start some, some spin classes? Hey, why don't I become a spin instructor? Hey, there's this brand new place coming to Providence. Why don't I apply for a job there? Um, which, so that's what I did. I applied. They reached right back out to me. They asked me how long I've been teaching spin, how many classes I've taught. And so the answer was zero. Um, they told me right away hey, listen, we love you. We love your attitude. We love your energy. We actually saw you on, um, uh, on Instagram. Come in, sit with us. Let's grab a coffee. 
you're not what we're looking for to be an instructor, but you're definitely welcome to come in and be part of the team, social media ambassadorship, customer service um, specialist, guest specialist, whatever you want to call it. I work there in the fitness studio. I've been a huge part of the grand opening. I'm super grateful. The owners are awesome. Shout out Lisa and Pat, all of my coworkers, um, Amal and Meg and all of the instructors, Tara and, and Brooks and Erica, everybody. Um, shout out Healthy Busy Lady, Catery. Her sister ran the Boston Marathon in 301. She was, she was disappointed Ooh. she didn't hit that 259. But big shout out for a 301 on Marathon Monday. Of and course. big shout out again to Laurie and Paul because they smashed their, um, their times as well. Um, I don't want to say the times and screw them up, but I think it was like 337 and better for both of them. Um, but I don't want to say anything and screw up their times. Um, so, yes. So, I've been on the bike and I'm listening to Coach Laurie and following the plan. So, I have not been on the bike recently. I put in about... 30 or 40 miles in the month of April. In the month of March, that number was up there a little bit higher. And those were my first spin classes ever. I haven't been on a bike to do any long distance since I was a kid. Um, so the goal is to just take my fitness level up to the next level, get better on the bike, get some swim lessons under my belt, um, and go after that, you know, that half Ironman goal, and then one day be a 140.6 finisher. I mean, I think you should start at like sprint and all that stuff, but I don't know. Seventy point three sounds like a good number to me. There you go. The I, so is it, I, it, would be, it would be Iron Panda or Iron Man Panda. I wouldn't go as far as calling myself um, Iron Panda until I did the one forty. I don't know because yeah, of the seventy point three. I could be like a half Iron Panda, <laughs> which which works. Cause I'm like I'm, you know. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm excited. The cycle bar has been an incredible opportunity. The instructors are like out of this world. They, they had to pass a corporate boot camp and do all these crazy video auditions and all that stuff. Um, so it's an intense 45 minute workout. So when you get on the bike, they're, they're kicking your butt. You're using the, the weighted bar to do some upper body stuff. You're doing pushups off the bar. You're getting up and down out of your seat. Um, so that's my little shout out to cycle bar. To answer your question, yes, I'm trying to spend a lot of time on the bike coming up to get better, better speed, better endurance, and just get, make my legs stronger. Um, I'm not gonna, I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is, what I'm doing. There was a point where I was a little bit faster in my running journey. And I need to get back to that point, whether it's diet, um, whether it's training, I, I don't, I don't think it's the training. Cause I feel like I'm, I'm a better, more mature, more experienced runner now than I've, than I've ever been. Maybe it's diet. Maybe it's, um, I don't know what it is, but I'm going to be a sub eight minute guy consistently at all my distances. You heard it here first. Um, I've, I've done it at the 13 mile distance. I'm going to do it again this year. Um, and then the next goal, whether it's a year goal, an 18 month goal or a 24 month goal would be to be sub eight minutes at the marathon distance. I know it's a lofty goal when I just finished one at 947 pace, but it's a goal that I'm going to smash within the next couple of years. So I love it. Cause I'm hungry. It. In fact, uh, there you go. Of course. Panda's got to eat. Panda's got to eat, man. Um, yeah. In fact, we had Natalie Hopkins on the show beginning of January. And she was a swimmer at Syracuse before transitioning into the marathon. And she ran like 310 in a marathon. She was running twice a week and was doing like seven spin classes a week. 
And her running, I mean, the two, the two runs that she would do were both like high level workouts. I mean, they weren't just like a seven mile easy run. They were very difficult workouts, but she was teaching spin and that's how she was getting most of her cardio. So, Hey man, different strokes for different folks. Yes. Sometimes. Yes. No, the, anybody that I've met in the spin world and the indoor cycling world, um, that's consistent. And, and like what I consider next level with it, their fitness level is insane. Um, I've met quite a few long distance runners, um, so far being in the, in the cycle world for the, for the small amount of time I've been there and I've met a few triathletes and that's what gets me really excited. Um, when I meet those folks, cause that's what I'm trying to be. The, the owner of the studio, um, is an Ironman finisher, 140.6. So, um, shout out to Pat, Pat O'Rourke, Ironman. There you go. There you go. It's in the so triathlete Lord. comparison. So, is, is an so let's not forget that. <laughs> that's great. Hey, Maurice, thank you so much for coming on as a pleasure. I mean, as always, it's a pleasure to talk to you, uh, whether it's in person or over the phone. I always appreciate it. Good luck with it, with everything. And congratulations on the Boston Marathon. Matt, you're the man. Thank you again for your support. Thank you for the invite. Thank you, everybody that listened. Hopefully I didn't come across as a one-track minded, selfish panda that only cares about Instagram. I love everybody that's listening. Thank you so much um, for this opportunity. Reach out to me. Reach out to me. Reach out to me. Tune in. There's going to be some exciting news before the spring and the summer, and it might even happen at Providence. Not sure yet, but there's something exciting that's going to pop off, and it's going to take Panda to the next level. There you go. All right. And what's, and what's, the, what's your handle? Marathon so, so Panda Maurice, know? in case nobody knows. Everybody needs to tune in. Every morning, I'll give you something to listen to. It might be the same. It might be the same broken record every day that you need to be grateful and thankful. I'll go back to bed, but let's do it. That's the truth. Thanks, Maurice. Have a great night. Thank you, Maurice, for coming on the show, and thank you everybody for listening. I really appreciate it, and of course, a big shout out to C Three Fit. You heard here on the show, Maurice is a big C Three Fit fan, as am I. They got the tights. They got the socks. It's really high quality good stuff and i appreciate them uh supporting the show so if you want to support the show support c3 fit also we got the giveaway coming up i'll put that out on my instagram at rambling underscore runner on thursday afternoon uh giving away the tights and the socks it's the typical instagram giveaway deal where you follow me you follow c3 fit you pump a couple names in the comment section and then you're ready to roll and hopefully you get some free gear so thank you so much for listening i appreciate it and Most of all, happy running.